everyone, welcome to World of Anime. I am Stephanie, your host, and this week I am joined again by Ben. Hello! And we are gonna talk about episode four of some of our favorite shows this season. It was a doozy of a week. It was. So, first we're gonna talk about um, the most recent thing we watched, which was Stein's Gate. Not a ton of coherent things happened in this episode. There wasn't a lot of payoff. It was a lot of things that will be important later, I think. It was a good episode for, you know, it, it just continues to build. Yeah, it's building tension. We don't know exactly what's real or not, but also he's freaking out uh, because he doesn't know what's real or not. We've, uh, what was it? We started off with him wondering if he experienced the Steiner thing. Reading Steiner. Reading Steiner. <laughs> and he doesn't know what world line he's on. He's still confused. He runs down, scared that Mayuri is gone. Yeah, he's got some uh, serious, and I don't use this term lightly, PTSD from the original season, where as soon as he experiences the kind of shifting world line feeling that he calls Reading Steiner, his immediate thought is that Myrie is in danger because that's really what he was doing over and over for all of the original season. Yeah, it was really intense. And then what happens next, even? We learn a little bit about Suzuha's objective. She's looking for this uh, very Karisu-like girl from the future who apparently came back with her to 1998 during her original run as uh, John Titer, and I liked the throwback of her dealing with the IBM in 1998 trying to prevent Y2K. I thought that was a nice touch. Um, and then uh, Kagari, the, the girl who appears to be in she, some way related to Karisu. She just looks like a mini Karisu. Yeah. And apparently she was adopted by Mayuri in the future because she was a war orphan. She does say that she hears a voice and that's what's telling her to pull a gun on Suzuha. So I do think that there is something to unpack there. Uh, whether that she has some connection to the Amadeus AI, which, at least in my opinion, is probably going to play a pretty significant role in the uh, World War Three. Although, in contrast to that, it, we did see a flash forward of what World War Three looks like to the characters, and it seems like the primary bad guys are these peacekeeping corps. So I don't actually know that it's an AI aggressor involved. So... I think that remains to be seen. But now we know that uh, there is a... So Kagari was left in 1998, so by the time of the show, she's 22 years old and missing. So we're going to have to see what happens there. But in the meantime, what does Moeka show up for again? Um, Daru was looking for someone who could help them find Kagari, and the person who responds to his call and shows up at their house is Moeka. And yes. ki and I'll cure you. Okabe promptly freaks the fuck out. Yeah, because uh, I mean, rightly so. He in one of the more memorable world lines that he went to, uh, Moeka led a team of assassins and killed a good number of his friends. So I can understand why he would be a little bit shaken up. He also saw Moeka at that um. At that lecture that Maho gave at the, the beginning. The Amadeus lecture, yes. So I am 
kind of curious as to whether Moeka, if she's actually good or bad or whatever it is. I admit I didn't play the visual novel of either Steinsgate or Zero, but one of the things I'm curious about is, yes, there was the shift in world lines, but I'm curious how much had to change in order for her to be in this team of assassins. Does she already have some sort of connection to them that's just not enough for her to be an assassin herself? Like, I don't know, outside of the world line, should we still be considering Moeka a shady individual? Right, yeah, it's it's a little unclear. I'm sure we're going to find out. I I wonder, I wonder, oh, <laughs> there's no way that this, uh, that this girl, that this little orphaned girl that Mayuri, uh, Kagari? Kagari, there's no way that she's not related in some way to Kurisu. But also, like, I feel like they're teasing us with that. It could easily be that she's related in a very unexpected way. It, it, I mean, the obvious one would be that, oh, she's uh, Karisu's daughter in some way. Um, but even that would have some pretty wild uh, jumps required because... What if they were just randomly distant cousins who happen to look alike? So that would be dumb. I know, but, the like, it's, it's like the whole, you know subverting expectations sure and uh i do think that they are going to subvert expectations i think we're going to have to wait and see yeah it's exciting there's you know what else happened i mean uh the the professor guy was acting kind of shady yeah i don't love that their objective is to make this ai fall in love with okabe because that seems like a dangerous road to go down. Yeah, yeah, this whole, like, just, you need to just stay away from AI like this. Like, why do you, why you do this? Because I can easily imagine they succeed in having her fall in love with Okabe. Okabe in some way reveals to her that she is an AI, um, I mean, essentially replicant uh, based on a real dead girl that he was in love with. And then we have a super intelligent AI that is also a scorned lover. And that's a bad mix. Yeah, but I also, I think she knows. I feel like Kurisu, like AI, knows a little bit that she's not a person. I think she knows that. I don't know if she knows that she is a copy of a dead person. Mm. Because then, I mean, it's very Fallout 4 with the synths. Uh, You run into the whole dilemma of her trying to separate what is herself and what is this other but i don't know carissa is a very analytical scientific minded person so if she was if she found out and they were like yeah but for science i feel like carissa's main it would be thinking like oh cool i got to contribute to science even after i was dead because all the ai is is uploaded memories no i understand so what i'm saying is technically it's not carissa it's amadeus and if the amadeus starts seeing itself as a distinct thing separate from Kurisu, then we might run into some trouble. Maybe. It's exciting. It's interesting. Uh, we got some Daru this episode, which we was did. nice. We haven't really hung out with Daru too much. Yep. And uh, it was fun to see him interact with Okabe and Suzuha, and it was fun to see him be capable, capable yeah. Daru-san again. Yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a overbearing nerd, but he does do a lot for them tech-wise. He is, like, the one who actually ends up creating the the time machine. Yeah. Like, he's a pretty fucking smart dude. Yep. And yet he makes an adorably 
he makes an adorable attempt at trying to be parental to Suzuha because he's got this whole weird dynamic where he's her father in the future. Yeah, that was really cute. Yeah. I liked I liked that little moment. Um it seems like Suzuha didn't know what sheep were. She um, was like, sheep's wool? I didn't know what to expect. It's surprisingly I, soft. Like, have you never touched well, wool before? She probably has not. She probably just knows about them. Right. It's interesting, though. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm on board. I'm, I'm tense. And I feel like things are not going to go well. Yep. Just got to keep hacking to the gate. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that's that's some Stein's Gate. The next show that we watched... Shokugeki no Soma. It got good, though. No Snoma. It got exciting, though. Yeah, we've got our There good... was no Snoma this week. That's true. We've got our uh, favorite spicy boy, Hi, uh, Hi Hayama. Oh, no. He's so mean now. Yeah, he's a... He's too spicy. He got too... And he, like, was like, I know what I'm making in the first, like, five minutes. We got a good challenge, though. We do. Uh, I, I'm still waiting for some sort of turn because it still seems that he really just drops that research group like it was nothing. And if it was just his club, that would be one thing. But we know that he has this close relationship with the... The teacher. Yeah, the teacher who runs the research lab. They have almost a... Um, mother-son relationship and that he would just drop it off screen like it was nothing. I feel like there's something we're not being told. But in the short term, we have a, the plans for a potential Shokugeki and we have a challenge in the meantime. Yeah, it's exciting because we've got a... It, this is like why I like Soma is learning about different kinds of food. Of course... I will never be able to try this because bear meat is, yeah. one, not a common thing to make, and two, not even slightly kosher, so I will not be, that won't be a thing I try anytime soon, but it's really interesting to see him grapple with the challenge of, um... Finding a bear. <laughs> yeah, it seems like his goal is to actually find a bear. Uh, that's like a short-term goal. But, you know, apparently bear meat has this gamey smell to it when you eat it. it. Smells like games. But Soma's challenge is to try to make it taste good and not just taste passably good, but then make it taste better than Hayama's, mm -hmm. which is not going to be easy. And he's got to find a way to counteract that stank meat. <laughs> yeah. So he starts off by just trying a bunch of things, which is really, it was really fun to watch him go through those processes of, let's just try cooking it with salt in a frying pan and see what happens to it. And then let's try to put it in a broth and let's put it with some spices. Like, it was really fun to watch him experiment. And then he got some help from Kugel Moogle friend. Kuga. Kugel. And his <laughs> army of boys. And his full army. Like, I love them. Now, I will say, I think that this is a very nice return to form, because the last few episodes have been, here's a pretty straightforward challenge that we're going to make artificially difficult. Yeah. Whereas this is like, I mean, it's certainly possible in non-anime cooking, but you don't really see it too much of, we're going to try a meat that the audience has no familiar with, familiarity right. with, probably, and the chef has no familiarity with. It's yeah. really interesting to see Soma at a loss mm -hmm. and able to 
experiment again. Because from the beginning, one of his primary strengths, I think, is that he's willing to try pretty much anything in the name of uh, culinary experimentation. This is the first time that we're being shown aside to Soma where he really has no idea what he's up against. Yeah. Um, I would say the closest that we've ever got before was, again, with Ayama in terms of, like, spice mastery, which, you know, is still, he knows what spices are, and he knows how to use them at least rudimentarily, just not as well as Hayama might be able to, but bear meat is something that he's never even, like, practiced cooking with before. So he's really out of his element, and it's really fun to watch not just, I know that this that this uh, food has X and Y categories, but, like, him really starting from absolute scratch. Yeah. Like, if you're trying to make the perfect omelet, right, the first thing you're going to do is just crack an egg into a pan and see what happens, and then add and subtract things over time. Like, one of my favorite things to, to look at online is, like, here's chocolate chip cookie recipes. We're going to try adding this kind of sugar or this butter, like is it melted or is it not melted or are you going to use coconut oil or this or that? Like, And it's fun to see the different results from that and it's fun to watch Soma do that mm -hmm. with something that we have no idea what he's going to do. Yeah, those chocolate chip cookie recipes, if you had to add bear meat, it would be very, <laughs> very interesting. Yeah, so... It almost conjures his relationship with his father in the sense of, you know... Soma keeps trying to beat his father at cooking and just never succeeds. He's at a very interesting uh, disadvantage because Hayama has already beaten him twice, which as far as I can recall, no one other than Soma's dad holds that over him. Yeah, Hayama's like one of the most feared enemies for Soma. And Soma's been beaten by other people before, and I think if he did face off with them again, like the first chair, I don't think he would necessarily win still. Sure. But Hayama is his year. Yep. And he is so far beyond him in terms of spice mastery that, like... He already was before he apparently evolved off screen into super Hayama. Yeah. <laughs> super spicy Hayama boy. Yep. So I'm really, really excited to see what happens. And they went on a little forest trek where yep. they tried to learn about bears and Soma found some berries that he's very excited about that I've never even heard of. Berries? Ah! You have to say that louder. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I keep peeking the goddamn microphone because I react to your very good comments. Um... But yeah, the the berries. <laughs> so he's using those. And I want to, I can't even remember what they're called now, but I really want them and I want to play with them because apparently they have a lot of really interesting flavor. Yeah, I think it was something with a T. I thought it was an A. <laughs> we'll, we'll tell you next time, listeners. All the berries. All the berries. And it was cool because Ayama came down to see what he was up to and he's like, oh, you're using those berries. You don't have a chance against me. And I was like, oh no, 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 no. Yeah, Hayama's definitely filling those shonen bad guy shoes pretty well. So I'm interested to see because we've got a lot of set dressing about how intensely powerful Hayama is. So I'm really interested to see the actual challenge. Yeah, and I'm sad because Hayama I thought was going to be like a good guy, but like a rival, like Aldini. Except Aldini's not as much of a threat, but yeah. like they're still friends. And like even Alice and uh, the guy, the the Shadow Soma, 
Yeah. One with the all the black uh, uh, under eye makeup. Yeah. Like even they're like friendly rivals with each other. Like they still all hang out. So I'm really kind of disappointed that Hayama um, isn't going to be a friend. But I guess we need a villain, a sub villain other than uh, Arina's father. Yeah, I'm convinced that we're gonna find out that Hayama is in some way trying to accomplish something other than just supporting the bad guys. Uh, but again, we'll just have to wait and see. Yep. So I think I think that's Soma. I think it was a really good episode. It had a lot of what we really like about Soma in it, so I'm really excited for next week. The next show that we're going to talk about is Persona 5. <laughs> it's just it's just not that exciting, I don't think to watch a show that we already basically know what's going to happen. So yeah, they they're trying to shoehorn more game mechanics into it so the whole game mechanic of recruiting different personas to fight alongside you they put that in the show by saying look you got a new one it's the pixie but now we're immediately going to mush it with the one that you had and now you've got the ball friend with the jewish star on the on the bowl yeah <laughs> i think it's an interesting take on it just because in the game, this had actually happened a little bit sooner. Uh, I think this is actually a pretty decent way of introducing the fact that the protagonist can use more than one persona. Uh, that being said, I do a little bit wonder if that's... Well, you do need that because that's where his nickname of Joker comes from. Right. Uh, so I think that in the scheme of things, it's a... It, this one I think I'm a little bit more okay with. Mm -hmm. um, the battle to get the pixie was boring because it was like, oh, we need a key to get into the treasure room. And then like they defeat the guard with the key and it turns out to be the pixie. And she's like, I like you. I'm going to hang out with you. And then like in battle immediately, like he doesn't get to use pixie. He just gets them fused. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting going forward because... I think the primary game mechanics have now all been introduced, so I don't know how much more they're going to need to include those things. I mean, there was already an instance in this episode, a positive and a negative one. I thought that their experience of running, their run-in with the Airsoft desk clerk, the, the guy at the Airsoft store, I think that was very well done because it wasn't really overplayed. I was much less happy with the introduction of the doctor character because in the game it's more of a i'm gonna try to go to the doctor's office and pretend that i'm sick so that i can get her special meds which you know essentially makes sense as a plot element whereas this is hey i bumped into you coming out of a bar here's my secret drugs yeah you should try them and i'll give them to you for free so that you tell me what happens like, yeah. it's very, very contrived. Which it's is, contrived, uh, and knowing that character, Takemi, it doesn't super make sense because, you know, she wouldn't want to share something that plays a big part of her reputation with someone who she didn't trust. Right. Yeah, so the whole, like, prepping for the battle was meh, it's fine. But um, then the actual battle with Kamoshida Shadow, Giant Monster Boy... What did you think of that battle? I thought it was I thought it was all right. I thought that it represented the boss battle pretty well from the video game and the video game boss battle tends to be closer this this boss battle tends to be closer to what you would want to see 
in an anime fight as opposed to, you know, Pokemon-style fighting, mm. uh, which, you know, I shouldn't be too hard on given that Pokemon is also an anime. But, um, yeah, I thought the fight was was fine. It was it was pretty faithful to the original. Yeah. Kamoshi the Shadow Monster Boy was really gross-looking, which... As he should be. Yeah, and it was basically picked up and put in from the game. They had the bit where Ryuji goes and tries to steal the treasure from him, like, and sneaks off to the side, which they do. And the I whole had... battle is just like, light this way, sh- lightning bolt that way, I'm gonna shoot your cup so you can't keep recharging. Like, very fa- they're very fast. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's the, the challenge they're running into is... They're trying to translate these very turn-based battles into a real-time anime fight. And, I don't know, I had my tiny gratifying moment of the person who you send to steal Kamoshida's crown. You can choose anyone. They chose Ryuji. I chose Ryuji also. So I was like, oh yeah, my choice was canon. But regardless, um, yeah, I, I mean, so I thought it was fine. I One of the criticisms I actually heard from the game is that Kamoshida is a very evil bad guy, and that's great. I mean, you you want that. Uh, But the shift in tone from him to the other bad guys is not perfectly executed because his villainy is a very real, you know, it's, it's physical and sexual abuse, which is a very heavy topic. And there are some heavy topics addressed in, in the later arcs as well. But I'm just interested to see how they tra- handle this transition. In particular, I'm interested to see if they do anything to improve the transition of characters who survived Kamoshida. I mean, there's some hijinks later in the game where there's some fan servicey stuff that happens with On, which probably will happen again, but given that she's just experienced all of this sexual abuse at the hands of Kamoshida, you would think that they would kind of try to avoid that a little bit more. So... I'm just interested to see, because this is essentially standalone uh, as an arc, and how they continue that into later ones. Because we did have that weird moment at the end of this episode where there was, uh, I believe it was at at the very end or after the credits, where it just showed the entire gang together, including characters who won't be introduced for like half a dozen arcs from now. Oh yeah, it was like in the next episode, and it was just like... Oh, look, all the characters are here together again. I wonder if they're just going to skip over those arcs and be like, we defeated all these bad guys and picked these people up along the way. That would be terrible. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. is I don't actually remember whether this is a 12-episode or 24-episode run, but there's a lot of things that they need to cover because something important to the plot happens in essentially every... It's going to be 24 episodes. So it is 24 episodes. But it took them four episodes to do the intro. True. I mean, that would give them enough time to do something like six dungeons at that rate. But again, some of them are much more straightforward. I mean, eagle-eyed viewers will have spotted there was a pretty distinct spoiler in the after the credits, which I don't love. Yeah, there's a bunch of them, and I was just like, oh, it was like a 20, not even 20 second seed, and I was like, what? What are you doing here? Yeah. So, I'm curious to see what they do to it next week, um, because if, I don't know, I'm very confused. Um, so, they beat Kamoshida in the dungeon, and he, you know, 
is away from school for a couple days, and then he comes back and is like, I'm a bad guy, and I did all these bad things, and I'm gonna go kill myself. And Anne's like, no, you need to, like, live with it and atone for it, not just escape and run away from it. So he gets arrested, and I guess he goes to jail or goes on trial or something, and yay, they defeated Kamoshida, and he's not gonna hurt people anymore. So that's mm -hmm. good. Theoretically, the story could end here. Uh, we're going to have to see in future episodes, you know, without spoiling it for any of the anime first people, you know, what is the justification for this story to keep going? Right. Yeah. Well, we'll see. If Oh, one good thing is that they changed the opening for this show. Yeah, I, I really enjoy the new opening. It's like a ton better. Mm -hmm. Like, I've still seen better openings for shows, but like, compared to the hot mess that the that the original opening for this was, this is like, oh, look, you tried. And we went, we didn't have an opening last week. So it's nice. Maybe they just were like, uh-oh, we better, we better fix this. This is a pretty solid piece of evidence, in my opinion, that the original opening was really just a time-saving effort because it did lift a lot of things directly from footage in the first few episodes and this feels much more like i i mean an above average anime opening and one other thing to mention is they didn't have the full animation of the credits this time around if I there remember. was nothing there was no there was no credit animation there was no uh end of end of show credits so where maybe they'll get rid of the really terrifying ghost walker ending and add in something better yeah do something about those lumpy lumpy crotches from Ugh. people's hands in their pockets Ugh. yeah maybe it'll get better maybe the blue ray will be better it makes me so mad that shows will are, are content to release content that just isn't good when when they're gonna release it better later like you could have just waited an extra six months and like made the whole thing look not like crap it's true, but at the same time, I will say, it's nice that they do improve it for the Blu-ray. They could easily just leave it unchanged. It's so dis... Like, yes, you can always fix things for the Blu-ray, and sometimes a thing happens where, like, oh, crap, this one this one scene doesn't look that great, so we're going to fix it and make it awesome in the Blu-ray. But, like, your openings and endings not being on point... Like, that should be, like, the first thing that you're doing. You would think. And all of the animation really isn't that great in this show. Yeah. It really isn't. So, like, it, it makes me mad. So, maybe it'll get better. Maybe it won't. I hope it will. But, yeah, it's there's not so much of a reason I'm thinking to... At this point in time, I don't think there's so much of a reason to watch the show if you've played the game. We have to see if they do anything interesting with it. Because yeah. we've just finished the first arc. Maybe they'll twist it up somehow, because that preview for the next episode is wigging me out. So far, it kind of continues to fall into that same bin of, it feels like I'm watching someone play the game, but I get to skip every time that they would be grinding. Mm-hmm. But not in a good way. It's okay. Um, <laughs> it, it's okay. Um, something that is more than okay is our last entry for this week, which is My Hero Academia. Yeah. Which was... Intense. Whoo! I hope this is not the fight that people are talking about when they say the fights in this season are really, really good. Because, like, it's good so far, but, like, it mostly consisted of Midoriya getting the crap beaten out of him and then him powering up 
extra at the last minute to be able to, like, escape. So, like, I really hope that there's some, like, because the fight with Stain was, like, a really complicated and complex, amazing fight. This fight was still really good. This this villain is terrifying. I would love to see this villain up against All Might because I'm very curious if All Might would be able to handle something like this because prior to this, you know, as someone who's anime first, I got the sense that Nomu was very special in that he was able to take these punches. But this new uh, bad guy that he's fighting seems to be able to take them pretty well too. I don't know if all... I mean, yes, uh, Deku is saying that these are his 100% punches, but we don't really know if that's equal to All Might's 100%. Oh, I'm sure it's not. It's it's 100% of Midoriya's current power level. Yeah, so I don't think it's fair to say that All Might would stand a chance against this guy. I mean... Oh, I don't think it is. I think that My Hero Academia is just starting to get into proper comic book territory of imaginary matchups. <laughs> yeah. I guess so. I'm looking forward for the big showdowns. Uh, we were kind of just building up to it this week. Yep. Um, and we got to see that Koga. Koga? Koda. Koda. <laughs> you always mix up his name. We're seeing, we saw that Koda has... Um, waterbending. W- waterbending powers. And uh, Midoriya's his hero now. Yep. Because he saved him even when it was hopeless and it's so cute yeah and he's my hero oh Oh. so that was adorable and Midoriya was kick-ass and it's really fun to watch his brain in battle because you could see him being like like I gotta do this but I don't have time and um it was really fun it was a fun battle so far I mean it was pretty quick I can't I imagine it's just starting to ramp up. Muscle guy freaks me out. Yeah, he reminds me a little bit of a maybe the colossal titan or the armored titan. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's just able to create these large bands of muscle across his body. It's it's a little uncomfortable to watch. It's so gross. It's so gross. Like insides of body becoming outsides of body is not a, like where do they just like exude from his skin? I don't even understand. It's awful. He just wears it like a sweater. Ugh. He's very strong, and I can't imagine, like, muscle hurts when you hit it. So I would imagine that'd be, like, worse for it to be exposed to the outside. Yeah, I mean, we don't know the nature of his quirk, and I also don't have the experience of having six-foot-wide arms. That's fair. <laughs> um, that was a good fight. It was fun to see Koda. He helped Midoriya. And it turned into kind of typical shonen battle. Like, I just have to try harder and I'm going to do more. It's like, okay. Eh. Like, I much prefer when characters get out of situations using, like, wit or cunning um, in addition to their strength. And, like, okay, it made sense that he was able to go from, like, 50 to 100% when he was punching him. But him all of a sudden being like, Detroit, Delaware, Arkansas, smash! And, like, he was like, 10 percent of my power like eh. generally i agree with you but i actually think that this subverts that a little bit when you think about it because midoriya doesn't win he's been much more he felt like if you got into a fist fight with him he would pretty much be able to defeat you Mm -hmm. and this shows that he has limits they're not actually that high he can be defeated in a head-on battle and you know when push comes to shove, his power of friendship solution is just going to let him escape. 
Yeah, that's fair. He's not like overpowering and murdering everybody in his path. He's just trying to get away with Coda and get him to safety and to survive. Yeah. Basically. Um, yeah, because he's not putting too much of a dent on Muscle Boy. Yeah. But he needs to get out of there. But yeah, it was mostly, the episode was mostly focused on this battle, and it was okay. It was a good starter battle. Yeah. I'm very interested to see because the whole theme of this summer camp training that they're doing is to try to unlock new powers in all of the classmates, where Midori is really the only one who's unlocked tangible new powers with his full cowling over the course of the series. And I'm interested to see in the future battles whether we're going to get iterations on these other people's powers. Right. These other classmates. We uh, didn't see any of them, though, this episode, really. No, no, we didn't. So I'm interested to see. I'm hoping that the fact that we didn't means that the next episode will really dig into that. Yeah, we only got brief looks at, like, the other people are all in trouble. Yeah. That there's some scary, scary, scary monsters out there. Yep. But... Yeah, it was also notable to see, like, Midoriya was mentioning that, like, I'm too tired to do this as well as I could because of the training camp. Right. So actually, the training camp put them at a disadvantage because they're all tired. And yeah, maybe they'll be stronger in a week after they've stretched and then rested, but it doesn't help now when when they've, you know, just finished dinner and they're just exhausted. Sure. So, yeah, poor boy. The other thing is... We're still going to really need some answers as to how this attack was planned because just seeing Eraserhead's reaction to the attack starting makes it very clear that this was not... They weren't expecting people to be able to attack them. They were expecting that the secrecy of this location would be enough. Yeah. So there's probably some sort of mole I mean, I won't rule out the possibility of, like, a psychic or something, given that this is, you know, a superhero universe. Mm -hmm. But clearly there is some amount of information that the League of Villains has access to that no one expects them to have. Yeah, something's going on. Something fishy's happening. Well, I'm excited for more. This week was kind of, you know, in the middle of of something in media res. Yep. So if you need your payoff, go see the new Avengers movie. (laughs) Infinity war happened and it was very good. We will not say any more than that. Yes. Yeah. I think that's going to do it for us this week. Any, any other things that we've been doing? Well, we saw infinity war. That was very good. Uh huh. Uh, we beat God of war, which is still irrelevant, still very good. Uh huh. Uh, and we've been playing a little bit more of Yakuza six where our good Yakuza friend Kiryu has to find some stray cats and feed them cat food. He has to bring them to a cat cafe, and it's going to be great, and we'll update you as we discover good, good cats. That's what was true. the name of the cat that was in the cafe? I think it was Brittany. Brittany. So we've met Brittany this week, and she was very good and loved tummy rubs. So we'll keep updating you as we find more cats. Yep. But, um... This has been World of Cats. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me on this episode, Ben. Thank you. And where can we follow you on the internet? I'm on Twitter as at OpenWorldIRL. And you can follow me uh, at StepUpTheGame on Twitter. And if you like games, you should go listen to Games Nation, which is part of our parent network, The Nerds List. And... Uh, you should also listen to Nerd Talks because I talk about Infinity War with 
some of the other dudes on our network, and it's a pretty good show. So thank you so much for joining us on World of Anime, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Oh yeah, Simi. Mm-hmm.